0: On today's episode of Uncle Sam Soccer Pod, how are you grading the entertainment value of MLS's back? What judgments are you making based on the group? And Gustavo Bo is standing out? Listeners, if you haven't done so, follow us at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five star review. Now, let's get to today's episode. Fellas, fellas, fellas. We're talking MLS today. Listeners, it's it's a threesome here. You got myself, you got Jake, and Justin. Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He he did it. He went with it. He said threesome. (laughs) Anyway, um... (laughs)
0: <laughs> justin welcome
1: this is a pg show steven we got, I, I have I to put hey, the explicit tag on it now
0: no it's uh, you in a foursome
1: i don't, I don't know you was, what are you talking about you're the get your head out of the gutter man hey uh, sorry i'm sorry you uh went the justin how, how are you doing how <laughs> there's no there's I'm, no easy transition away from that by the way so yeah justin how's it going
2: Nah, it's uh uh yeah we're we're doing well um excited to be back on Excited to talk mls so uh you know, get to talk about MLS is back and how we feel about it.
0: Yes, yes. Finally, we're talking about soccer. It's been a while. No, no. We're not talking about COVID today, which is nice. Right, Jake?
1: Well, that's to be determined. We still have another 20, 25 minutes to go here. So that could come up. We don't know yet. The night's still young. <laughs> and the night
0: is still young. listeners, we're recording this July 21st on this Tuesday night. Uh, during the Columbus-Atlanta game, Columbus is up one Uh Briefly, twelve seconds here. Is this a statement by Columbus right here beating Atlanta one nothing, or after they uh, after Atlanta lost to FC Cincinnati? Yeah, mm. this is somewhere in the middle of the table, middle of the. Road. Hell
1: no! Hell no! that's in <laughs> a statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm back on the sack, Frank DeBoer bandwagon. This t- man, this club should be so much better than it is. Frank DeBoer is such an ass coach. We should have saw this coming when he was terrible at Crystal Palace, and that we they, Atlanta hired him in, and they were all champions. Like, look, we got Frank DeBoer to replace Tata. I'm mean, no, talk about at, a one. This Atlanta team, this Atlanta team. I'm sorry. It's. I mean, it's, I'm gonna eat crow. I'm sure when there's when the playoffs roll around here, but man. <sighs> I don't think this is a statement win for Columbus. I think beating the Red Bulls is more of a statement than beating Atlanta right now.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if you look at the substitutes right now, they they took Zardis and Pedro Santos off after an hour and they subbed off their left back at halftime. So like I, I think Caleb Porter understands that they've got the one 0 lead. They'll they'll see it out and they're on to the round of sixteen. <laughs> oh, they're gonna see it out, Justin with the confidence. Anyway, listeners, we're talking MLS
0: is back. We're talking about little entertainment value. And what it means for mls obviously we're going to give your opinions on the group stage and what it all means dark horse's favorite player standouts but we're going to begin with the question of the day guys and how are you grading the entertainment value of mls is back and uh justin since you're new to the show i'll give you the uh, first take
2: yeah i mean i I think part of it comes from from missing mls so much and and kind of not being able to go to the Red Bulls home opener this year. But I'm giving it an A. I mean, I've enjoyed, you know, 98% of the games. There's been a few snoozers here and there. But even then, it's it's just nice to kind of have the league back, have games back, see these teams play well, see these teams not play so well, and just see what uh, some of the new coaches are doing with their teams. Do you like the uh, 9 a.m. window? I mean, personally, yeah. I I know you guys are working, but I'm not. So I can just make myself some coffee, lay on the couch, and watch a 9 a.m. game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you so can... uh it's, it's it's a pretty enjoyable morning it's, for me yeah yeah
0: i mean trust me i'm doing the same thing but i got my work computer open and i'm doing work just in case my boss listens to me i am working during the morning work with <laughs> with air quotes work yeah okay jake uh jake mr negative how are you grading mls back
1: well it's funny you should call me that there steven i'm gonna give it a b minus Wow. I think the games early Why am I not surprised? On, you, I don't know. I don't know why you would be surprised by me uh, taking a negative approach to it. I think the games early on were bad. Uh, they've been better as of late. RSL Minnesota United. Does it matter that they're bad? Vest. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> why? I, I think I you think rather so. watch think... you rather watch a bad here's, MLS here's game thing. than here's you know. Thing. Here's the thing, Stephen. I wean myself. I used to wake up every morning like 5 a.m. watch the Premier League and all that stuff. I was that guy. And then Real I smart. and then. I was a Euro stump and then for this show, because we talked more MLS, I stopped watching it so I could appreciate MLS more. However, because the European leagues came back before MLS did, and there was no sports, I was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to watch, uh, you know, Watford Burnley, you know, you know what I mean, like, or City Liverpool." And I started watching those games again. And now that that those games are on in the afternoon, because they're basically on every day. And then at night I put on MLS. It's very apparent that the that the quality of play in Orlando is pretty poor. And I'm not saying that as somebody with from a Eurostar perspective. I'm just saying it's slowed down. I mean, look, the conditions in Orlando aren't or de- yeah. aren't ideal. It's hot. It's humid. I mean, these guys—it almost looks like a wet T-shirt contest. Thirty <laughs> seconds into the match, with the way you can see through like you can see through the jerseys. If they're wearing the white jerseys, like these guys are drenched in their own sweat. I don't. I didn't. So, yeah, the, the,
0: who was it, Justin? You texted us going like, "Why? What player was wearing the double? The like the the bra, the the sports bra that a lot of these players oh. now wear, and under the white shirt? And you're just like, "Why would you wear two shirts?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was the, it was the Inter Miami game, and they had they had uh, you know their Under Armour underneath their regular jersey, and I'm like, you've been here for how long, and you expected it to be cold this morning? Like, I don't I don't get that, but <laughs> maybe maybe it's just some secret way to play better as an athlete that I don't know too much about, but yeah, yeah,
0: I I'm giving it a a solid B as Jake mentioned weather conditions, and then on top of that, these these teams aren't informed. so yeah, you're gonna have some good moments, you're gonna have some bad moments, and um it's yeah there there's been snoozers but there's been a lot of fun stuff now the real concern jake i have is is the tv ratings and they've not been good
1: yeah steven you're right they have not been great Uh, according to richard deitch of the athletic he had a couple interesting tweets on uh, monday july 20th he wrote on twitter per austin carp the mls Is Back Tournament is averaging 231,000 viewers across Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, and FS1. ESPN and ESPN2 have combined to average 236,000 viewers, while Fox and FS1 are averaging 224,000. However, there is more from Richard here. Four of the 14 games to date have aired at 9 a.m. Eastern, and none of those games have topped 175,000 viewers. Of the 9 MLS games that have started in the primetime window, those telecasts have averaged 296,000 viewers. And Steven, that is not paint a nope. good picture nope. for nope. a league that's literally competing against nobody right now.
0: <laughs> and uh, you know, listeners, just as a reminder, MLS's TV deal runs through 2022. So, I don't know what this means. I don't know behind the scenes. What MLS is discussing, whether or not they're okay with the numbers, whether they're panicking, or whether it's a positive statement—I'm not too sure. I don't know what the TV networks are thinking, because yeah, as Jake mentioned, during some of these time slots, you're not competing against anybody in the sporting world, so it is interesting. And listeners, question of the day: Let us know at Sam Soccer Pod how are you grading the entertainment value of MLS's back? And uh, interesting discussion that uh, Jake, Justin and I have kind of stumbled into before the show is whether or not we can make any judgments on these teams based on the group stage. And, uh, it seems like, uh, Justin and Jake are on the same team and I have a different opinion than you guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can judge kind of where these teams are at after this tournament, again, conditions and such taken into consideration. Um, We've seen that these coaches have been trying to get their ideas across, even though the conditions are kind of wacky here in Orlando. But this tournament is kind of a buildup to a regular season that I think is 16 or 18 games within the conference and then playoffs. So these coaches are going to want their players to be playing however they want them to so that when this tournament's said and done, they can go into the regular season, get whatever points they need to to qualify for a playoff position, and then go on and win MLS Cup. and right now, you know, I think if you look at teams like the crew, like Toronto, like LAFC, you can say, yeah, these teams are these teams are solid right now. They're going to make a pretty decent run during the regular season, probably the playoff. But then you look at teams, maybe like Montreal, maybe like Atlanta, you know, where they're struggling, you're going to have question marks going into that regular season.
0: But do you think, so this is an interesting, like you take a Frank DeBoer and obviously Jake was ripping him, but is it fair for for the Atlanta front office for ownership to sit thing go, Frank like look uh you're out after MLS is back if they don't qualify uh, for the next stage and we're currently you know it's they're down one nothing in the as as I'm talking here in the 74th minute I, d- I don't know I I don't know if that's fair or not I mean you have the pandemic you have uh, you know players teams they're not training regularly how are you supposed to make any judgment at least on that sense. Like, yeah, you can only improve your stock. Can
2: you negatively hurt it? I mean, Boer's had a year to work with this Atlanta team, and I think we saw them maybe not necessarily hit a decline, but stall out last year, especially because players like Pity Martinez weren't necessarily, um, you know, hitting the heights that they had been before they came to the club. But I think this tournament just emphasized even more how how much... Atlanta has regressed since the Boers come and tried to kind of, I guess, make this team his own by selling a lot of key players like Julian Gressel. Um, But, you know, you see without Joseph Martinez, there's no star player to carry on what we now see is, is a poor Atlanta team to a playoff position. And then potentially, you know, a deep run in MLS cup playoffs.
1: Yeah. I think like, look, I, this tournament, I think, I think you. you Come you,
0: on, Mister Negative.
1: You, I think you can make judgments now. I'm not. Now, look. I know I basically said sack Frank DeBoer at the start of this season, or at the start of the show. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, Freudian slip. But there. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Frank DeBoer is going to lose his job if he if he doesn't. Uh, you know, salvage this match against Columbus Crew here. Uh, but like these yeah, games. But, but but Jake. But that's an interesting point because if if no no owners no owner is firing their coach after this after this group stage like if you didn't qualify for the knockout rounds no one's getting fired I can tell you that right now yeah because because you have to treat this you have to treat these games as regular season games you can't look at them as a tournament
0: no no you don't treat
1: yeah okay sure in the
0: standings they count as regular season but simply put it this is preseason and if you advance to the, the knockout stage good for you you get to play more preseason games yeah they're gonna mean something you have champions league and money tied to the winner but it's extended preseason, and yeah, into Miami, right? They've been god awful. They they have lost every game that they've been in MLS. They're down in a fifteen point hole when it comes to uh you know making the playoffs and whatever it may be.
1: You, you know, speaking of Miami, they're probably happy there was a pandemic. To be honest with you, I mean, look at how bad they've played. They may be if this was a full season they may be the worst expansion team of all time. And they may have just dodged that bullet by not having to play a full regular season uh, this year. As Justin alluded to, we we might be looking at 16, 18 regular season games when this tournament's all said done. By the way, we haven't even, there hasn't even been a schedule release for that. So we don't know where this is going after this. this. There could be no MLS after the first week of August. We don't know. You know what I mean? There's, Th- there, nobody yeah. has released a plan yet of we're going to play games. And here we go. Yeah, exactly. Nobody has an, any clue, but yes, you're right. These are glorified preseason games, but they still count for something. So, yeah, I suppose. don't know. I look at it as, I look at it as if you were a team, would you fire your, if you were the, an owner of a team, would you fire your coach based off of three, uh, 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 a run of three games? Would you if go, you oh, look like crap, it's three games.
0: If you have the cojones and you're an Atlanta, so let, let's let's make this in the modern. Uh, let's let's do some parallelism here. Atlanta United is what the equivalent of what club in England?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you, okay, I don't Manchester know how you make that
0: United, a, a team that is up there at the top of of the Wait, league? No, Manch-
1: no, 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 no. That's like the Galaxy. Manchester Galaxy, like Man United, okay. with all the titles and everything. Good lord! I don't know. I don't know. Who give me a Justin. Give know.
2: me give me a club. City. Give I, a city. Well. I'm not going to give you a club, but I'll, I'll say this much as far as, uh, you know, the coaching and stuff goes, it, it doesn't make sense to fire a coach. Now it, let's, let's pretend there is re- that, that 18 game regular season. It doesn't make sense to fire your coach now because yeah, one, I don't think MLS teams will necessarily be buying players right now to improve their squads. I think if anything, this tournament helped them put players, you know, on display for European teams to come and pick them up. Um, I think as an as an owner of a team, you kind of see this tournament. Whether your team's playing good or bad, you got to ride out the rest of 2020. And when you go into 2021, that's when you make your moves. And you're like, all right, if if Atlanta does say DeBoer's out, then it's got to be at the end of this year. And it can't just be a rush decision. Then you're looking for a new coach. Then you're trying to rush by you know players in through purchases and stuff. And I think that makes for a worse combination than.
1: I'll be surprised. Voice of of reason, right there. I'll be surprised if any manager is fired at the end of the season.
0: Oh, interesting. So there you go. Obviously, we disagree whether or not you can make judgments. I think it's more on the no side because it's tournament football. So, but what do I know? Uh, and, <laughs> Orlando's been on fire, right? Are they a dark horse? Let, let's let's start talking about that. When it comes to winning this tournament, I, I think – I don't know if every club is taking it as serious as others. But no, there
1: are, I I agree with you Stephen. There I agree are with you. I th-
0: there are a segment of teams that could potentially go win this. And I don't know if it makes a statement or not, but I think we all we all agree the crew have been phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I mean they they they're definitely I mean they look to be the best team, right? I mean that's kind of everyone's pick to win at, at this point. I mean, they're one of my favorites to win. I also have LAFC picked uh to to be of a, a, of course I do. I'm a, I'm a LAFC bobo. I love LAFC. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Justin, why,
0: why, why is, why should we take the crew so seriously?
2: Uh, I think it comes from the fact that they're so strong across the board in their team. And they're not just a team that likes to attack. You know, they're a team that's obviously humming when they're going forward. But in defense, too, they have players who can who can do the job defensively they have players like Milton Valenzuela and Harrison Awful out wide who can get forward but can also do their jobs as fullbacks and and they have Mensa who's been immense <laughs> uh, for the first two games um, a, and I think that puts them in a better position than a team like LAFC and like Toronto who we've seen have holes in their defense and I'm sure the crew do too I'm sure it's only a matter of time until we see a coach figure out how exactly to exploit this Columbus team, but it will be difficult. And it's going to be a lot harder than trying to score goals against LAFC and, and Toronto, because I think they have bigger holes in their defenses than the crew do.
0: Yeah. That, that's actually an interesting point that you mentioned there. How right when, when we're talking about knockout football, right? It's, it's a different take. Like these teams can't sit there and take on the crew and and gamble and be like, well, let's try this. It, you know, at some point, you got to see if you can defend uh, a one nothing lead, and and the Columbus Crew have been good that they 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 can score when when they need to, but they can also uh, defensively sit sit back and, and you know work themselves out of trouble. And I think it's it it's a fun team to watch. I do like Caleb Porter's system. I think they they play they play a, a nice game of soccer, unlike some other teams in in MLS. And so you obviously have the Crew there. Jake mentioned LAFC. Justin, you mentioned Toronto. Let me float this name out there, Orlando City and Oscar Pereira.
2: I I genuinely think the scariest thing in any tournament-style game or you know, any tournament in soccer is a team that gets hot during the group stage, um, not just in results but in style of play and how the team looks when they're playing together. And Orlando showed that against Philly. I think although they didn't win the game and they drew – that was the best game that they played as a team and they showed exactly what Pareja wants out of them. Um, you know, going forward, defending. Uh, they just played some passing sequences that entire game that we'd associate with Atlanta or LAFC that we've never seen in Orlando since they've, you know, come into the league. Um, so I think they're definitely a dark horse to watch out for. <clears throat> my personal dark horse and my personal take on who will win the tournament is the Timbers for the same reason as the crew. I think they're solid defensively. I really like the partnership of, of Williams and Chara in midfield. There's they're definitely not as good as Nagby and Artur because Nagby is just an absolute animal in midfield. And Artur has really proven himself to be, you know, on Chara's level, level, I think. Um, But they have the same firepower in Diego Valeri, Sebastian Blanco, Jeremy Abobese going forward as, as a Zellerion or a Zardis and a Pedro Santos. So I, I I would love to see a crew Portland final, like the 2015 MLS Cup. I think it'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining and the soccer would be a lot more, uh, or the soccer would just be yeah, better in general.
0: Well, you got Caleb Porter playing his, his former club there. I think there's a little bit of history. I think <clears> there's a little <throat> extra incentive to, to Nappy also coming from Portland. From, yeah, exactly. You know, from Portland. So, Yeah, I think you're right there. I think that would be an intriguing matchup for for a lot of MLS fans. And Darlington Nagby, by the way, has been phenomenal. Uh, Frank De Boer said he reminds him of Busquets, the the Barcelona midfielder. So high praise from from the Dutchman. Okay,
1: buddy. Okay, buddy. This is how I know Frank De Boer is is an ass coach. (laughs) <laughs> Although uh, Alexi Lawless, I think, said Nagby is the most talented player in the U.S. Uh, pool currently. Technical, I don't know what the term is. Uh, whatever was. whatever it was. And, and this, is at, this is when like, Christian Pulisic is just on a tear at Chelsea. He's like, yeah, Darlington Nagby is probably the best or the most gifted player for the U.S. men's national team right, there, right now. Uh, so I guess there's multiple people that want to make preposterous statements about Darlington Nagby. Well, yeah. Okay, but and <laughs> Nagby has been sorry. really good.
0: Just... Sorry, Nagby has been really good. I, I've really liked him. Uh, Another name, Justin, I want to throw out to you, the San Jose Earthquakes. Through through their three games, they won two. Uh, they tied one. They, they scored six goals. They got the seven points. They're going to win Group B. Chicago Fire still have to play Vancouver Whitecaps because they both have two games apiece. I don't know. Is this a team that you know might be overlooked now that we're talking about Orlando, Portland, uh, Columbus, Toronto, IFC? Like th- those are five clubs. And then are we gonna sandwich, uh, San
2: Jose there? Or what about the Seattle Sounders? I mean, they're defending MLS Cups, uh, cup champs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, in terms of San Jose, I would lump them in the same boat as Orlando as being a team that look like they're finally clicking under what they what their coach wants out of them. My only thing is uh, the game that it happened against was against the Chicago fire who haven't necessarily, you know, been the best team in the tournament and and given they're working under a new coach and they've had a a bunch of players come in. But I think Orlando's performance against Philly who are, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the East is much more telling of where they're at than San Jose being able to beat uh, Chicago comfortably. But I would put them in that boat of this is a team that's hot right now. You probably wouldn't want to face them going into the round of 16. And as far as the Sounders go, yeah, defending MLS Cup champions, but I, I think, I think they've they've kind of been a sleeping giant right now. They they kind of walk through the group stage at, at some points. But isn't that uh, scary, Jordan Morris? Sorry,
0: isn't that scary that they're they're kind of like a, a team that sleeps through the knockout stage? You're like, yeah, well, it's whatever. Jordan Morris comes alive, Ladero. I mean, you go on and some of these players wake up, they, they're they like, oh, the, the lights are shining brighter. I know Jake hates that, but um, Seattle Sounders show up when it means when they need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it shows during regular seasons, too. I mean, like when there's when there's not a pandemic. I mean, I think we see the Sounders start a little slow at the beginning of every year. But when it gets the crunch time, and the summer hits, that's when they really start to pick up steam. Um, And I think we saw through Morris's performance last game that they have picked up steam. And you know they're another team that I would say, I mean even even if 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 Morris didn't have the game he did, you don't want to play the Sounders. The Sounders are good at soccer regardless. Right. Um, but you know, it I, I would just be cautious with them. You know, they they could continue sleeping through the round of sixteen and get knocked out, or they could finally wake up from that last game and and try and push for you know to for a final appearance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point. Jake, let me ask you. You're in the Minnesota area. You obviously follow Minnesota United. We texted, and I don't think we really obviously ever said this on the show, but we thought this is, you said this is a team that might be at the top of MLS in its entirety, top five team, right? And according to FiveThirtyEight, uh, they're one of the favorites to win this.
1: My Minnesota United are favored to win this when, tournament, Stephen? Well, a, a, they're not the
0: favorites. They're behind LAFC, Philadelphia, Toronto, Seattle. They're fifth favorite. The 5th favorite team ahead of Columbus.
1: As somebody who I think I spoke on this podcast prior to the season proclaimed Minnesota United is one of the three best teams in the Western Conference, and you and uh, Armand, our former co host Kind of laughed at me for saying that. Yeah, uh Arman you're Mr. Negative. In... You never. Sorry, but I get in trouble there, Arman. Um Yeah, I am Mr. Negative. To me, I, I think, them having the fifth best odds of the fifth highest chances of winning this tournament is kind of laughable. After watching them play their first two matches, they haven't really been all that impressive. They've looked, but is this? They, they is don't this seem threatening right. uh, going forward. They just kind of sit back and absorb pressure and. You know they're missing the best defender in MLS too. I, I can't imagine a back uh, line. Or, yeah, no, Iko I can't. I can't imagine having a center back pairing of Michael Boxall and Jose Aha is a good one to. Is, is a yeah, exactly. We see Justin kind of kind of chuckle there uh, yeah. to himself when I say that. And I mean, Ozzy Alonso, I, I think missed the, the first match due to injury. So I mean, that's something to pay attention to. And like I said, they just don't look. They just don't look very uh, threatening. Luis Maria was hurt uh, the first match. He then got subbed on midway uh, in the second half in the uh, nil-nil game against RSL. Mason Toy got hurt uh, in the opener against uh, SKC. So to me, I just, I don't know. I I would put teams like Columbus. I'd put teams like Sporting Kansas City, who also haven't looked great. But, you know, I mean, they're... One of the upper echelon teams in MLS right now. I'd put Portland ahead of them. I'd put New England ahead of them for sure. I'd put New know, England. Red Bulls ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you I I mean, just going to list every team just, in MLS? I just, I just don't think Minnesota United's looked very impressive in this tournament. For okay. me to just say they're, 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 they have a good chance of winning it.
0: Jake, let me and Justin, let me ask you a little trivia question. According to 538, can you guys guess who has the seventh best odds, which is really tied with Minnesota as the fifth best odds? To win MLS is back. You get I, one guess. You get one I'm guess. I'm staring.
1: I'm staring at it, so I'm not going to guess. Uh, so just as I'm, <laughs> unless
2: Justin's staring at it too, and then this uh, is a wasted two minutes. I mean, if it goes, no, I'm not staring at it. But if it goes, you know, if it considers first two games, I, I want to say you're not say... going to
1: get it. You're not going to get it, Justin because th- there's no reason this team should be ranked as high as they are. There's zero reason. Yeah. It's not it obvious. No.
0: no, the Chicago okay.
1: Fire. Really?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, maybe because they have a game that they still have to play, and if they beat Vancouver, they suddenly top Seattle for second in the group because they'll have six points and Seattle has four. I don't know. It's, it's a strange a strange uh, thought there from 538. I mean, obviously they do computers and numbers in here, but I, I thought that was a bit striking. Like, Chicago Fire, the, they have mm-hmm. that high of odds, and LAFC is running away with the odds at 22%, which kind of makes sense, but – it's tournament football, Jake, and uh things things can happen otherwise. Um but the last club I want to talk about regarding the opportunity to win this is the Philadelphia Union. And Justin, they have the second best odds against 538. They've looked pretty good so far and it's the Philadelphia Union, so they don't necessarily get the most press coverage, but uh yeah, they they can make some noise.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, and they showed that last year. I think this tournament shows that they're they're building on the momentum of last year's playoff run. Um, Brendan Harrison is obviously the talk of the town amongst you know U.S. soccer Twitter. Um, but I think my main concern that Orlando kind of exposed in the last game is whether they can kind of concentrate for a full ninety minutes in these conditions. And whether they can kind of pull the trigger in the final third, because I, you know, they had the three-three draw with LAFC um, back when the regular season was still going, but I still kind of have question marks over whether their final third production is is going to be there, and, and whether they can be more consistent. Um, Matt Doyle, I think, put out a video of of some of Arison's highlights and kind of said that he has to work on his ability to kind of play a little bit better in the final third. And if he's going to be that ten that links, you know, the rest of his team to to their strikers to to Sapong and um, Belko, he's going to have to know when to make these passes and and just when to be that creative spark instead of being just the player that carries the ball forward from deep.
0: Yeah, that that's that is yeah, that's true. Now, um, listeners, let us know. Question of the day: What is the entertainment value of mls back let us know at unxam soccer pod or tweet at us individually at jacob trobat steven and at justin uh, sosa 99 lastly here final two minutes is there a moment a player a team that has really stuck out that you said wow that's somebody that's someone that is a team that we should all keep an eye out on for the next several months years whatever it may be.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead on this one. I'm going to bookend this show. Atlanta United and not surprising in a good way. <laughs> this team, because as we're recording this now, this game's over where it, it's the, the last whistle here is about to be blown here. We're in the 95th minute. This team has looked so bad. They, you, how do you lose to FC Cincinnati? I understand you're down a man, but it's FC Cincinnati.
2: No goal not, scored either.
1: No goal scored either. That's a great point there Justin. This team I think is is, is definitely worth watching. Yeah, but they're see missing how the they're, season kind of transpires. Yeah, 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 but they yeah, missing I the they're star missing... man. Do we think Joseph Martinez is going to like I don't know man. The way they play under Frank Deport, there's nothing threatening really about them I feel. Like there's nothing about Atlanta United that scares me the way that Tata, you know, the Tata Martino managed teams with Alamiron and Martinez uh you know, on that team with Vialba and and the likes of many others, like this team doesn't scare me. If I had to play this team in the playoffs, I mean, sure that they, they, they're solid defensively for the, you know, they were for the most part last year, but there's nothing about Atlanta or I think now that I'm going to get run off the field. Like I did a couple of years ago in a Tata. I mean, Justin,
2: what, what do you think? I mean, who's what team has really jumped out to you? Um, I'm going to keep banging the Portland drum. I mean, I, I've just really enjoyed watching their games. I think Eric Williamson's a player to watch uh, him and Char's partnership in midfield is is uh is like I said, it's like Artur and esque in a sense. Um, I was watching their their right back, Pablo Bonilla, make his debut, and he's another guy who is just like you know he's making his debut for this team in a really horrible set of conditions against the Houston Dynamo, who have a phenomenal front line, and he's closing down Albert, at least, and and Quintero like it's nothing. So I mean that just goes to show their depth in you know not only what they have in midfield and up front, but in the back line too. Um. Ayo Akinola, obviously, with five goals. Um, but I think people have talked about him enough for the past two weeks for me to go on and add anything more. Other than the fact that his movement between defensive lines is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's his best attribute. But that's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let me uh, let me give you, Jake, uh, the most predictable answer. You ready for this? All right. fire Fire away uh the the player I have enjoyed most and the player I think has been uh phenomenal for me personally. This is a personal opinion <laughs> you're smiling go give it to me.
1: <laughs> oh okay this is so obvious it's gustavo bow yeah obviously. I, no, i'm not you're kidding. a Revs guy you <laughs> couldn't help yourself i couldn't you help, myself. help yourself you couldn't go an entire show without making some sort of new england uh reference or something of that nature i, I can't wait to find the tom brady reference here at some point between now and the next five minutes when we wrap <laughs> up the show too uh because justin that's coming he will find a way but yeah you couldn't help yourself <laughs>
0: not look i'm not saying Gustavo Bo has been the player of the tournament, not at all. I'm not saying the Revs have been the tournament, uh, play, uh, team of the tournament, and I'm not saying this is supposed to be up there. But if you're a young striker, watch Gustavo Bo because he does the little things that a striker needs to do. the 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 way that he he's able to shift uh on the ball, or able to to get the defender to go the other direction with his shoulders. Those are little things that. Make the stri- define a striker between good, great, and world class, and I think there's a lot of benefit for players like that, the smart, intelligent players coming into MLS from wherever they are, and, and showcasing that and teaching teammates, young Americans, young players who are in uh who are, are part of the youth teams, part of the academy. That and I've really enjoyed that. Overall, though, I think Columbus Crew has – has or Orlando, those two clubs have definitely caught my uh, attention. And I think Orlando has one of the best and prettiest soccer stadiums. They have one of the most electric atmospheres when the fans show up because the team has been so bad. So they haven't been showing up. Jake, you, you, I have said that. So if, if Oscar Pereira can get this team cranking, ooh, it's going to be electric whenever fans ever show back up. But, yeah. Anyway, listeners, that wraps up today's show – Tweet at us, at Unxam Soccer Pod. Lots has been said. Uh, Justin, I want to give you a chance to uh, wrap up the show here on your, I guess, unofficial debut. Because an interview is not really a proper debut.
1: This is, a this is baptism by fire here too. This, this, this takes a lot of rehearsal to kind of just do your first close. Cause we all have a way of doing it. So I'm like, yeah, Justin, go ahead. Let's see how you do this.
2: Fire away. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I think if anything, these, these past few weeks have kind of shown us that, um, you know, there is, there's, there's reason to be excited about these teams, uh, in MLS and to kind of look forward to hopefully and potentially a regular season, however many games that may be. Um, But fans, I mean, you know, I'll be on more often, uh, hopefully. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was great to be on. It was great to talk. MLS is back. Can't wait to talk more. Uh, See you around.
0: There are those who say
2: leave well enough alone
1: if it isn't broken don't fix it
2: you don't mess with success
0: while others have something quite different to say the new lexus rx now with enhanced dynamic handling and available 12.3 inch touchscreen it's the best-selling luxury crossover of all time reinvented experience amazing at your lexus dealer click the banner to discover more